Welcome to the Kershaw Partners Podcast, An Eventful Life. In this series, we will dive into the events industry through the eyes of Mike Kershaw, his partners, and the owners and founders of event businesses up and down the UK. From event management, to catering, to venues, to structures, to exhibitions, and much, much more, they have seen it all and want to share their experiences with you and maybe impart a bit of knowledge along the way. Of course, there have been some bumps in the road, but that's what makes the event world fun. My name is David Watt. I will be your host. We hope you enjoy. Uh, so good morning, Mike. Nice to see you again. Uh, I understand you're down in uh, in Portsmouth today. Is that right? Yeah, no, down in Waterlooville, David, uh, working with um, a really great little business down here called Into Events, uh, which we've we are rebranding as Assemble Group. So there's some exciting uh, things happening here where we're looking to try and build um, a bit more of an integrated events group across a whole range of different areas. They've got they've got a really good event management business called Into Events, and then they've got a, a logistics and fulfillment business called Logiskit, uh, which is a growing area, big growing area post pandemic. Uh, the need to deliver and doing boxes and deliver of, of of you know fulfill orders for a whole range of different things increasingly and we obviously we're still we're still living in a virtual world in many ways in events and and i don't think that's going away anytime soon so um generally with with virtual events you need you need stuff that goes with it whether that's food or or um deliveries of boxes of different items and stuff to get everyone kind of engaged with the conference or event and so Logiskit do that and they're doing they've been doing it very, very successful, did it brilliantly during the pandemic. So that's a great addition. And then and then we have a, a marketing agency as well, because I think that's that's also quite uh, uh, opportune because obviously we're in the world of live marketing. You know, we happen to do events, but a lot of that is linking to brands and helping brands um, execute communication strategies. So um, having a marketing uh, business in the mix is also quite interesting. So. We're now looking to buy some companies and so obviously always interested to hear from anybody who um who's looking to join a bigger group and uh as you know Wattie I've done that before and I'm helping them do that now so, 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 certainly uh, something you have experience in, in in integrated event companies uh that's right so uh exciting which means we you know we've got a few projects a few businesses we're looking at at the moment so I'm down with a senior team today to uh, sort of keep, keep that um, process, keep the momentum going. So all good. Um, but yes, it's been a uh, down here, but it you know it's been an interesting week. And obviously, we didn't record the podcast last week because we we weren't in. Uh, well, we I suppose we could have recorded it, but we were away up in Coventry in the Forest of Arden Hotel. We were, and uh, I think that was a very interesting. A uh, couple of days with Steve Hackney, who, um, as you know, was the guy who I wrote the book, <coughs> The Discovery, with. Uh, more on that in a minute. Um, and um, uh, we're, you know, we're looking at a, a couple of things. We're looking at doing um, a, a sort of real, real boost to our own uh, lead gen. Uh, we want to work with more companies. I've got more, uh, more partners now. Um, uh, in the in the mix for Kershaw Partners, and so it makes sense for us to be uh, looking for uh, more business and more companies that we can help in the sector. And Steve is a is an expert in this, and uh, he's somebody who I've known for a long time, and I really like what he does, and he does it in a very logical way, which is 
is how I like to do things, as you know. Um, and uh, all about target market and identifying the businesses that are most likely to want the services that we've got to offer. So um, we're working with him on that uh, for us, but also as a way of hopefully introducing that methodology and that kind of philosophy of marketing to some of our clients. Um, and so it was also, it, uh, you know, you were there, Wattie, it, 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 it actually gives us a lesson in in this as well, isn't it? Just listening to a real world expert on on uh, lead generation and uh, and kind of direct marketing. It's just great listening to what he has to say and it all makes complete sense to me. So very exciting. Yeah, I think the thing I like most about what Steve talks about is, is his expert positioning, which is something that we're very keen on promoting as well. But uh, what was the expression he had last week um, about expert? Was it expert positioning? Ex or expertise led. Expertise led. That's right. Yeah. But expertise led marketing is is basically the uh, the concept. Yeah, very good concept. Um, so yeah, uh, and I think <coughs> I think I think that's great. And it, whatever size of business you are, you've got to be an expert. You've got to be positioned as an expert in that service, haven't you? So that the customer, when they decide they have a need, you know, we're we're pre-programmed if we have a need to want the best that we can get. For obviously for the budget we've got so if if you are the best that they can get and whatever it is whether it's in events or logistics or whatever then obviously you, you you're immediately plugging into the to the need that they're looking for and um that seems again perfectly logical position to me yep, so totally um, positioning us as experts which of course we are in events and the event industry but it's also helping our clients position themselves as experts in in event delivery or production or catering or whatever it is as well so um very it was no, it was very interesting and of course the other thing that um i was particularly excited about was the uh the online the kershaw partners online course for uh for small businesses and, and medium-sized businesses in the events industry which we hope is going to be coming live sometime in the new year um and which will put a lot of the 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 thinking and the and the and the work that we've been doing over the last five or six years with lots of companies um uh creating a kind of modular approach to it so people can actually get a lot of the if you like teaching and um and uh, uh thinking that we've been in, engaging clients with very successfully get that online get in this whole series of videos i think uh, we're going to be busy with videos david I we think. are something like a hundred hours of video to film at some point talking about everything from how to identify target markets in event businesses how to and, and, we, and we you know to to how to do your marketing to how to uh manage your operations so your finances reporting um team management and so on um and then it'll spin off into with our experts with with our catering experts we'll spin off into one really linked to the food and beverage industry and events and others into venues and uh, production companies and retail and lots of different sort of additional um, spin-off parts of the course. So I think we'll, we ought to have by uh, middle of January, we ought to have a course that will suit everybody in the event industry. <laughs> It'll be something for you in it. And it'll be a 90 day course that uh, we're working with Steve and he's creating it for us. So I think that's gonna be pretty exciting. 
I think it's going to be very exciting indeed. Um, now, just as an aside, obviously, um, you and I did a, 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 well, certainly it's the first face-to-face -face meeting I've had with a client for a very long, or a potential client for a very long time. Uh, and um, it was nice to actually um, sit and listen to you for a change. <laughs> uh, but um, one of the things you, uh, I, that you always say to clients, and I always, always forget when, when we are uh, speaking with people, is you always say, you know, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 30, in fact, nearly 35 years, I worked out the other day. Um, and you, uh, you always say that, that it's, you know, we, we want to teach people not to make the same mistakes that, 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 uh, that we have made along the way, or there's that one, there's obviously, there's seven full partners now and two associate partners. So there's an awful lot of mistakes in there. Oh yeah, between us, uh, we've made every mistake in the book, I would, I imagine, I mean, I know I have. Um, uh, but I think that's a good thing. I, you know, I, there's, there's actually a great, uh, a great book that I would re I recommend anybody to read by a guy called Matthew Syed. And it's, it's uh, who's, who write has written two brilliant books. One is black box thinking, um, and the other is rebel ideas, but the black box thinking one is all about this very subject. It's all about learning from your mistakes and how in certain industries they do it really well aviation for example because it has a black box and they don't look at there's no blame culture in it they just want to understand what went wrong and so they can make aircraft safer and there are some areas industries that don't look at do that very well and actually he points to the health service as an example medicine because everyone gets ter terrified nowadays of admitting mistakes because they think they're going to get sued and, and often they there's a sort of almost a mentality of covering up errors uh, because um, it makes bad publicity, and actually that that actually res you know, that causes a, a a problem with learning and a problem with improving. So, um, it, you know, from that, I, I've I've always been one who is happy to admit mistakes, and often, as I've said many many times, today's today's nightmare is tomorrow's funny story. So most mistakes, you know, you know, thankfully, most mistakes aren't let's just say fatal literally um most mistakes aren't fatal either to people thank goodness or indeed to businesses most of them are just things that go wrong and, and again the event industry is one of those industries you know we all know it's not an exact science it is it is lot there are lots of moving parts to an event there are lots of things that can go wrong and uh, and obviously over a 35 year career in this industry um i think lots of things have gone wrong <laughs> Um, and, and I, uh, I, you know, I kind of, I look back at them now, you know, because they've created some hilarious stories, but also because I learned a huge amount from making them and, and hopefully we got better and better over time. So, you know, and, and I think that's still, still true and we should be embracing mistakes and recognize that when we've made them and we've done something that hasn't worked or we've made a poor judgment, we just go fine. That's it. What what do we learn from that? And we and we move on. So, yeah. So I just thought it'd be quite interesting just to, you know, yeah, talk about making mistakes. Yeah, I think it's learning from so because I think I've made I, so many. Yeah, I think people are very that you know I think whenever I discuss people and they've made mistakes, I think that they're, they're so frightened of making that next mistake and what it's going to mean for their business that 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 it almost in a way kind of freezes them doesn't it yeah well exactly if you if you're one that is terrified of making mistakes i mean don't get me wrong you need to be you need to be worried about making mistakes so you actually plan things well in advance if you just had a completely blase oh it doesn't matter if it goes wrong 
yeah, so what? Then that, yeah, obviously that's not the right approach. But so you need to be have a degree of nervousness, but it can't be it can't be all encompassing. And you, and there are there are times also when perfectionism is your enemy. That actually, look, it's never going to be absolutely perfect. And if you spend all your time chasing perfection, you're gonna you're gonna literally do yourself a kind of mental in, injury almost. So you have to be you have to be pragmatic with it as well. But um, but you know, look, it's only it's only events, right? It's not life or death mostly um uh, and that's not to be that's not to say we shouldn't be taking health and safety seriously we clearly should but you know it's it's only event so it you will get over it but we have to learn the lessons and um and i suppose you know over over many many years we made a lot a lot of errors um but you have also to be bear in mind that we made a lot of errors partly because we didn't have a lot of the help that you have today in terms of communication, you know, back in the eighties, we didn't have mobile phones. We didn't have um, email. We didn't have instant communication. We had telephone boxes and telephones um, and letters with the post and we had fax and you could just about, you know, fax was real, but not everybody had a fax machine and not every, you couldn't be sure that when you sent a fax that, that it didn't necessarily receive the other end because fax machines were a bit questionable. So. We were dealing with a very uncertain world, and, our, and we don't have that now. Let's be clear: there's much less excuse, which is also why, by and large, there are many less errors uh, and, and cock-ups in this um, in, in this day and age than there used to be, because you can communicate with people and you can check that the bus is on its way. Whereas, you know, I would, you know, I would have hours days felt like days waiting on street corners waiting for coaches to arrive to pick up my group of 50 people standing with me on a coach on a, on a, on a street corner with in there with under brollies asking me where's the coach mike and me going i don't know i confirmed it in writing it's i they know it's meant to be here by one and then and it's only 10 past one and i'm walking up to the edge of the walking up you know you know how you do that, don't you? You walk kind of towards where you hope the bus is going to be, as if that's going to get it there any quicker. It's also just to get away from the constant stream of people asking, where's the coach? Yeah. I mean, sometimes of- it didn't turn up. But, you know, what's the lesson from that sort of stuff? Well, the, the only real lesson that, I mean, you know, that happens and there will have been a good reason why the coach was late. But, you know, did you do you have the paperwork that says, here is the letter, here is their acknowledgement that they're going to be here at, you know, at, at one o'clock. So I can't do more than that. And that's how, you know, it's, 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 it's the planning and preparation is, has never been, um, has never been something you can afford to avoid. Indeed. And talking of mistakes, obviously, um, we were invited very kindly by um, Smart uh, to the London Beer Fest. I think it was the week before last, unless I'm very much mistaken. And obviously, as you know, the London Beer Fest is something very close to my heart. I founded the original one in 2002, uh, which was at Spitalfield Market. Still to this day, I remember a, a, a table of lawyers, 10 lawyers who had booked a table and they sat down and they drank their steins for the three hour duration of the London Beer Fest. And then in unison, they all got up and all fell over at exactly the same time. They were so drunk. It was just unbelievable. But it was, but of course, I didn't actually do the first London Beer Fest. No, I think didn't. that was you. Correct. You No, you can't claim to have done the first London Beer We did the first, and it was Holston, the Holston Beer Fest in Battersea Park in, and I'm guessing, 96, 97. 
where we had big marquee in Massey Park, which was, I'm going to say, so it must have been 90, 95 or 96, actually, because we had one of the world's worst chefs on it, which was Neil, who led us down a catastrophic path, um, but convinced us he could cook German sausages just like anyone. How hard can it be? 2,000 sausages and baps and stuff. But yeah, he managed to make that a mis mistake. Um, and yeah, no, it was a, it was brilliant because we sold loads of tickets. And, uh, and in those days, you know, that, you know, we, we, we probably had a, had a view that sales was everything. And then we'd worry about the operation later. We don't, we learned that lesson because um, we realized that actually sales is nothing without the ability to actually follow up and deliver. Um, but, you know, it, oh, it was great fun, but, but yeah, they were, there were all sorts of errors. One of which I suppose the, the one that I remember we had we had all the staff in fancy dress, um, dressed in you know as Bavarians and had the, the white shirts and the and the uh, lederhosen type thing and these hats and all the staff were in these white which weren't unique fancy dress they were kind of from Smithies or you know one of the fancy dress operators so they were all in this and they and the and the system was they go to everyone would be asked to sit down at their table with their steins you'd get your stein as you came in a big two pint stein sit down at the table and one of these guys would come up and say what what's your order and the order would be 20 steins please and because we didn't this is before you know before uh, tap and pay or anything like that before credit card even you you just this was cash only and we'd have the the staff there would therefore say okay that's that's 20 steins each steins a, a tenner so that's 200 quid um, and collect the 200 quid and go and get the steins and bring them back and that all worked really peachy until we started getting these people saying excuse me excuse me oh, we haven't had our steins oh, oh we said well did you order it? yeah yeah we ordered it with a girl in a um in a you know in a costume and then we realized that there was a there were a whole bunch of people in costumes who were nothing to do with the team, nothing to do with our waiting staff, who just clocked that if they walked up to any table and, uh, and took an order, they could just collect cash and then bugger off. <laughs> I mean, it took us took us uh, actually it was really difficult. You talk about learning from mistakes. How do you actually how do we solve that? Do we do we get rid of all the fancy dress or do you know we have to have we have to have extra people monitoring all these? Um, you know, the tables and all the rest of it. But it was actually, I almost had a sort of quiet admiration for the for the, the these young people who went off and bought themselves. Because we were also selling, that was it. We were selling the fancy dress, weren't we? In, the, in a corner, in a booth. So it was not hard to go and buy the, exactly the same fancy dress and look like a waiter and then walk up to a table and collect however many hundred quids it was. Anyway, it, when it, it, we ran it, I think, for two years didn't we? Or maybe we only ran it for one year. I think you only but ran it for I, one. I think possibly we only ran it for one. We, we, made, we made such a ginormous loss on it. So, well, you know, it, we were talking about, we talked about lessons learned. I think we learned quite a lot about table service and how to stuff. Um, we learned that, we learned that not for the first time, that when you try and do food on the cheap, because you think everyone thinks great food, it's high margin. I mean, how much can a sausage cost? We can charge it at two pounds with a bap and meat. This is gonna, but um, unless you really know what you're doing, that backfires on you. It's very difficult. So always use pros. I mean, generally trying to do things yourself in events uh, because you're gonna save a few quid. I, d I just think that generally backfired and it backfired on us plenty of times. Uh, you know, you're experimenting and, you know, again, I wasn't, 
wasn't always beating us up because we were trying things and that's what you had to do in those days um but you know but you know yeah there are experts in these areas for a reason you know they're experts because they really know what they're doing and if you want to deliver excellent events which obviously everyone does then pick your expert in each in each little speciality because you know that's after all what events are it's a it's putting together specialists in lots of different areas whether that's lighting food sound entertainment and and getting the best out of them but if you start by picking the picking them purely on price or not going for the experts then that they end up letting you down and and we've all had lots of experience of people letting us down um and you know whose responsibility it is it's easy to blame i use this expression um it's not your fault but it is your responsibility and i think quite often people go yeah but i you know i hired this guy and he said he was he was good and you know and i'm sorry he didn't turn up as if somehow that abdicates their responsibility for the fact that the the guy hasn't turned up well you chose him it's not your fault it's his fault because he's he's not turned up but it's your responsibility so i think over the years that's one that's something that i've noticed more we've got to get people people have got to be accepting responsibility and frankly given more responsibility and, and talking of, of of experts obviously you wouldn't have had that problem had you had um Kershaw partner's latest partner in place working with you would you well no exactly so beautiful yeah, segue I mean, there useful so good segue what um no but you you know, almost every event you can imagine has a food and beverage element from it, almost kind of by definition, whether it's a party or a conference or uh, ex exhibition or so on. So, so expertise in F and B, both and um, both retail restaurant um, uh, and and uh, and wholesale uh, and an event F and B are are really really useful you, you you've got to have the best of that and uh, and mark Schofield, um who's recently joined us um you know has, he has an impeccable background from hotels open the rosewood uh, and other five very much five-star hotel experience both in the restaurant area and the general hotel experience and then into restaurants and michelin star restaurants and then into private members clubs so he's just just been at um at wentworth uh, golf club very high-end private members golf club um, and club um, and now he's uh, taking a bit of time and he's deciding to, to you know work with us to help us um, help others really improve their game and, and up their game and, and help them grow and, and and again same as same as all of us really not make the mistakes that, that set you back and if you don't make mistakes you you, you won't go backwards so it, everyone's on the forward momentum and he's there to um to help businesses in that area whether it's how to set up restaurant or bar or operation or, or more importantly how to make it profitable how to run it well and to a high end um so no very excited we're you know we've got a few projects that he's looking at for us at the moment and um i'm sure it'll be great he's a really lovely bloke Yep, he certainly is. Uh, I had a long chat with him last week, and he is going to be a great addition to the Kershaw Partners family. So thanks, Mike. Uh, great as always. Uh, next week, we will have Anna Abdel-Noor on the show. She is the co-founder of Isla, and that'll be a very, very interesting interview indeed. 
thanks again for your company. Look forward to seeing you again next week.